Yes, good morning. Um, awesome, awesome to be together today. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm glad that um, you are focusing your attention on Jesus Christ today. Amen. He's just, he's an awesome Lord. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm falling in love with him more and more, right? And I'm old, and there's more to come, right? There's great, there's great, um, great things yet to be discovered about him. There's, uh, I, I like this part where it says, in our offerings to you, we gladly offer ourselves to be the body of Christ on earth, the body of Christ on earth. So it kind of talks about, like, I'm offering myself to be the representation of Jesus on earth, Right? And I do that in many ways, and I do that even in the giving of, of uh, tithes and offerings. Even when I give uh, out of what God has given to me out of, out of my income and earnings, what I, I, give, I give back to God, right? Because the thing is, the whole thing belongs to God, and I'm just the steward of everything that belongs to him. Nothing belongs to me. Like, I'm not the owner. Can say that with me. I'm not the owner. I'm not the owner. Right? You weren't supposed to say, you're not the owner point to me but like i'm not the owner god is the owner and we are the stewards and i get to be a representation of jesus on the earth and it makes a huge difference and we are as the body of christ as this local representation of the body of christ and there are a lot of churches all throughout our region the same is true for them they are a representation that's what we're called to be at least right a representation of jesus on the earth in this earth in this place right now um right 2019, right, November the 13th, and throughout this coming week, not just on Sundays, because right now we're just kind of in here, <laughs> but later we're going to be out there, and there's a lot of ministries that happen through us. If we're to be the body of Christ. We're to have, you, have you ever heard of the, like, in, in terms of, uh, you know, climate change or the, the needs of the planet, her, uh, the car- carbon footprint, right? What is your carbon footprint? Uh, and that's kind of used in kind of a negative way and that you want to reduce your carbon pr- footprint. But we have a missional footprint, and we want to increase our missional footprint in, in the culture, right? Amen? In this community. And so uh, I have just a little slide to illustrate something here. Just, it's just a, it's, this is just kind of a teaching moment, I hope, because sometimes we think our giving just really doesn't matter. But I want to tell you, it's just huge. So you have PNC. Now, if you were at Motion Church or you were at Lighthouse or you were at um, Emmanuel Lutheran. You, you could put any name in here, right? But this is the local church, right? And so there's PNC, and this is like this is like this is the base of operations, right? There's there's it's where a lot of times we're being equipped, you know, and from which we're being sent. And uh, there's all kinds of ministries, family and youth. There, in fact, there are a lot of ministries that are going on. Like we build wells like crazy around here in Africa. There's missions that we're doing where we're building, we're, we're supporting orphanages, we're supporting, you know, child development centers, and, uh, and, we, do, and we administer to the schools around here, you know, uh, three primarily, but during Christmas even more than that. And so really embedded in making a difference within our schools. And then there's the children uh, ministries here, like to, to children and to their families, right? And to their grandparents and to youth and to their, cho- uh, their families and to their grandparents as well. And then there's prayer counseling ministry, which is just helping people, you know, break, break, break through the barriers. And then there's all kinds of crises ministries that's going on. I mean, you can't believe it. Like, yeah. And you're a part of that. It's not just what I do. It's what you're doing. And as, as a part of, of our life together. And, and beyond all that, man, there's group life and there's all kinds of stuff, right? 
Now, here's the deal. Like, it's funded, right? And so if, uh, if, if the general fund, like, falls apart of any church, like our church, so if PNC disappears, right, then all these other things disappear, right? And that's, we would not want to see that happen. All, all I'm saying is that when, when you and I give and support ministries here, uh, PNC, then, then with PNC, yes, thank you for bringing PNC back. Uh, with PNC, then we get to do all these other things. So I'm going to say, sometimes, you know, keeping the lights on, and sometimes, you know, paying the bills, and sometimes uh, staffing the ministries and all this other stuff, it, you know, and repairing stuff and raising money to eliminate debt and raising money to, you know, repair the carpet and all that stuff. It's not, that's not really sexy, right? I mean, I didn't, I just didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not, in, in one sense, right, that, that, what is that? It's material things. But in another sense, it is supplying a, 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 can't, a base of operations from which we can do so many things. So I just want to th- say thank you, right? And uh, we, I just want to appreciate you for just thinking about the value of, of the whole missional footprint that we're making. And I could have named many more uh, impacts that we're making out in the community. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So when you give uh, as an act of worship, cheerfully, because, you know, that the attitude is so much important, right? Well, God just makes it go uh, and stretch and do amazing things. So thank you, thank you. Let's just praise God for being a good provider, right? He is a good provider. So over the past uh, few weeks, we've been dealing with First Peter and uh, I want to connect last week's sermon and this week's sermon just a little bit. Uh, we talked, uh, last couple of weeks, we've been saying this. You know, listen, live with a single focus toward Christ because uh, you want to be able to pray. You want to be able to pray with power, and you want to be able to expect uh, great things from God, right? Because our world is in need, amen? And so when you look at that, uh, he goes on and says, and then love each one, love one another deeply because love covers the multitude of sins and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, that little, little side note, without grumbling. And then, and then he says this, and serve one another with the gifts that God has given to you, with the grace that's been poured out into your life. You pour out your life in service of other people. And I, I'm just so thankful for the many people who do that. But I will tell you this, it's like such a critical thing that we learn just like, we're just because we are so fully satisfied in Christ. This, I'm, I'm assuming something, right? That you, you are so fully satisfied in Jesus that you're also freed up to give out your life in service uh, and ministry to other, to other people. I, I, so thank you, Kevin Morehart. Would you come? Uh, Kevin Morehart is just... Um, so we were talking the other day, and uh, as, as he was talking to me just about about serving um, in his own experience. So would you welcome uh, Kevin? Hi, Kevin. It's good. How are you doing? Good. Just good. fine. Hold it, right, hold it way up there. Right there. There you're good. Okay. Doing good. Hey, what do you do for uh, uh, a living? Like, uh, actually, I'm a firefighter. Yeah. You're a firefighter? Yep. That's good. All right. <laughs> okay, I know you're uncomfortable. Right? Very. Okay. Very uncomfortable. Can I, I'm going to step back for a yeah, Just keep walking back. <laughs> so I'm going to make you more uncomfortable. Congratulations on your um, promotion. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Great. Assistant, I'm now assistant to the assistant regional manager. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain that one to my uh, sister-in-law yesterday. She was wanting to confirm my uh, new title, and so I told her I was the assistant to the assistant regional manager. So, so what is the less confusing name for that? Uh, I'm now battalion chief. Okay, good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. That's great. So. That's good. Thank you. So, like, you have a regular life, right? You have a family? Yeah. It's all, yeah, I got it all in play, yeah. you know. Right. Kids going over here, and the wife doing our thing here, Everything. work over there, yeah. All kinds of stuff. Church here. And you have yeah. two kids, yeah. right? Uh, Brooke and Sam. And you uh, going to keep them both? Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's the other way around is like whether or not they're <laughs> going to keep me, you know. <laughs> so your life is full. There's a lot going on. Oh, my goodness, there's a lot going on. And so, uh, but serving, I mean, God is just teaching you some things about serving. So what do you, where do you serve and what kind of what moves you into that, you know? Uh, well, currently, uh, my wife and I are hosting a uh, group life group at home. Um, uh, we're involved with uh, youth ministries with uh, Jared and Stephanie uh, on Sunday mornings. Um, okay. Sam and I just went back or just went to uh, Africa. Tim. Gertz, shout out there, uh, and um, uh, so let's see a lot, this lot, is the second time we've been to yeah. Africa. So there's a lot of time, a lot oh, of yeah. ways of serving. Oh, a ton, right? Yeah. So there must be, um, I don't know, some lights have gone off inside of you about like the value of serving and uh, kind of what it does for you. Yeah, um, I think you know, looking way back when I first started uh, at, at the time volunteering. Um, my wife had come to me and said, hey, I'm kind of in a pinch. And uh, she was running the mops group, and they needed child care. She's like, can you do it? And I'm like, okay. So it's amazing how... <laughs> because, because she's your wife. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing how God talks to you, right? Through Luann. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can... It's funny, but yes, it, I right. mean... Luann's in it, our... I was invited in, yeah. so... Um, and at the time, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay, well, so I started doing that and did that for several years. I, I must've been about four years. I was just watching the, uh, the four year old ki- kids and that takes a lot of Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and at the time it was, you know, volunteering and, um, it was not easy all the time because, you know, just just the amount of work that that took out of me, just the mental drain. And uh, Is this an advertisement for yes, that? Yes, I mean, that but ministry? the thing is, you have to understand where I come from. I mean, this is tough exactly. work for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Some people, it may not be. This is their, this yeah, is their place. Exactly. And, uh, uh, but I think it showed me or gave me strength to, oh, okay, kind of branch out into other areas and started helping yeah. out with the youth with uh, James and Amy and uh, Wednesday nights and uh, just kind of led one thing to the next. And, um, you know, it's, it's no longer volunteering, it's serving. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You, you realize that um, I'm finding areas that, that are valuable to this church and the community within the church as well as to me, because it's now like, oh, I, you know, I, I have impact on these kids' lives. And um, it may, 
it may show them an adult that's, you know, being responsible and giving their time and uh, being there for them and all those things that, that kind of go along with, with that. And then just, you know, kind of some personal value that, yeah, I have meaning. My, you know, God has meaning for my life and, yeah. and that type of thing. So it's just, it's, you know, it's not like you're not busy enough. It's just that it's added value. And it's like there's something meaningful about walking out your faith, not only at work, but also in specific ways of committed serving. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's kind of propelled me into, you know, in my own personal walk and, it's like, hey, this is this is what needs to be done, and you know, God's calling us here or me here um, to be involved in this area. And yeah. you know, I'm at that high school level now, and just that opportunity to speak in, uh, you know, or in junior high, and to speak into their lives, and yeah. you know, maybe that, maybe someday, you know, they come back, and it's like, you know, yeah. the stuff you were telling me back then, you know, it's really. <laughs> It's good stuff. It's true. You know, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know. Hey, thank you, sure. man. Thank you for serving. And uh, and thanks to people like you who are just, who have made who have made the transition also from just volunteering to really serving. I think that's a, that's a great insight. Right. So. One, can I add one thing? Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, um, you were showing that the slide up there. And it's not just the monies, it's the people and the boots on the ground that make those things happen. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like I was sitting back there like, oh, yeah, what then the people too. Yeah, well, so, everything. Yeah. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. Let's hear it. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, you got you to really uh, clap for anybody who's willing to come up here and do that, right? That's just incredible. Thank you. So I, I, I would offer to you that, uh, that Kevin is learning – uh, to live along with a lot of us an amplified life, right? So um, I, there's a phrase that, that I may use later on in the message, but I'm, I just feel like to say it right now, it is really so easy to, ju- in our culture, in the, uh, f- in the fear of our culture or in the rat race, <laughs> right? The scramble of our culture, it's so easy to live either cocooned, like drawn into ourselves, you know, man, I believe Jesus, but man, I got to take care of good old number one. Or it, it's easy, like, to be cocooned like that. Or it's easy just, like, in light of the culture for us all just to get fortressed up and say, hey, there's just a few good people hanging on. The rest of the world is going to hell. Let's just hang in there and hope that, you know, we can be true until Jesus comes. I don't see those attitudes in Jesus anywhere, right? So uh, with that in mind, we just want to consider some of these really uh, Im- important scriptures uh, today. Um, I, I would just, first of all, I just would like to say that, you know, in the culture, and I was thinking about this uh, driving a- around this week and just seeing, you know, just, just noticing things. Like, like, I drive by and I see a church campus. I see a church. And I, and I see a church this size. And I see churches bigger. And I see little tiny churches. And I see all these buildings around and everything. And, and the question that, that comes to my mind is like, like, what is that for? Right? Like, I just look at this campus, what is that for? Or I look at, you know, another church campus somewhere, and what is that for? 
right? And there's all kinds of names, all kinds of slogans, and all kinds of tribes, you know, within the Christian faith. And you just, I just raised the question, what is that for, right? And so when I, when I think about it, there's, there's like, there's the danger that, there's, there's several dangers, right? One is that, that we just become, uh, that we just kind of compromise with the whole culture around us so that, you know, um, you know, we uh, as, as uh, uh, believers and, and the world outside of this, that, you know, we all have the same rates of divorce and the same angers and the same fears and uh, the same incivility and uh, we bought into the same lies and we're slaves of money just like everybody and slaves of the opinions of others just like everybody and we're self-protective, pursuing our own interests and we're blown here and there by any wind of cultural doctrine that can sort of help us advance ourselves in what we understand to be the good life, right? So there's one. There's one issue there, right? It's just that's simply the issue of compromise. Or we can just be people who stand uh, outside the culture and, and yell at the culture and tell it how wrong it is, right? And that it's going to hell if you don't change, right? So we can have that mentality where we're just kind of standing outside of the culture and just like, ooh, you know, like if you were to touch culture, you need to put gloves on, you know, and, um, and have that sort of attitude toward the people around us. But, you know, I don't see that in Jesus, do you? Um, and then, or, or we, we can just become, and this is like the most fearful one of all, it's like, ah, uh, we can just, just become irrelevant, right? And whether we're here or not, doesn't matter any, make any difference. If we disappeared, nobody would notice, right? And I'll tell you what, man, I'm determined that the way that we are here in our community is that if we disappeared, it would be noticeable because we're, we care about this community, right? And we care about people. And we're not just like, turned in on ourselves, but uh, man, I, I just, I don't believe that Jesus is irrelevant, and I don't think it is God's will that we become irrelevant, right, to, to our world. In fact, if you have a people that are jam-packed, jam-packed full of hope and experiencing the love and the peace of Jesus Christ and living out a, a life of radical goodness, you're not going to be irrelevant, Right? And you're going to be able to point to somebody that can make a huge difference in our lives. So the texts for today are found uh, in uh, one we, we looked at earlier, but not in detail. And that is First uh, Peter chapter 2, uh, verses uh, 11 and 12. I want to read that one first. It goes like this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Pretty cool, pretty cool word, right? Um, so in the, in the U version, uh, we have this um, in the message translation too. And um, see if all my good stuff comes up here. Okay. And uh, it goes like this. Friends. This world is not your home, so don't make yourself cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. And then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Shoot, that's, 
that, that's, that's good news. That's better than two-for-one coupon, man, right there. Can you believe what he just said? And then the other verse is found in, uh, in chapter 3, and it says this in verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It's better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Powerful, powerful words. So today, we just want to focus a bit on what it means to really live questionable lives. Like like we're strangers and foreigners here because we have been born into a living hope through the gospel in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He has worked a transaction within our lives where our old life now no longer defines us, but our relationship with Jesus does define us. And because of that significant relationship, we are able to live questionable lives. We live in such a way that in crisis, in crisis, in, in, the, in the pressure, we live in such a way that causes people to say, what? What did I just hear? What? Did, what? Where did that come from? So you may have seen uh, this event in the news over the last... Uh, couple of weeks. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. So we have just um, 
in one minute and 30 seconds seen the gospel of Jesus lived. Right before our eyes. Follow Jesus no matter what. Be Jesus no matter what. The judge even stepped down and gave her a hug and handed her a Bible. Can you imagine what a what a cross cultural anti cultural blast that was across the bow of hatred, entitlement, revenge? and unforgiveness. Amen. A lot of times when we read the gospel of Jesus and words like these, we find ways to excuse ourselves from radical application. We have learned to become sentimentally Christians. We have a Christian sentiment about us. But to live it out is something altogether different. Altogether different. Altogether of God. We are called in this passage of Scripture and throughout Peter's uh, letter to live an attractively different kind of life. An attractively different kind of life. With courage. With courage. Connecting our goodness with the name of Jesus. Not to promote ourselves, but to bring honor to God to help contribute, to give a reason to people to be stopped in their tracks and say, what kind of hope, what kind of love, what kind of peace, what kind of grace, what kind of character is this? Amen? And it's just powerful. It's powerful. We're called into that. Like we're, we're called to, to live as beloved. So this passage of Scripture, he says, Beloved, I urge you, I exhort you as aliens and strangers here, now, they, they, they were from there in the region of Turkey. That's where it was written. They were from there. And you think about all that's going on in Turkey now, right? But they were from there. They, they lived there. They were not aliens in the sense that this was not where we normally lived. They lived there. That in one way, that's their home. But in another way, it's not their home at all, right? 
because uh, they live a, a beloved identity. They, they're living out of their, their call to a new life, out of a relationship with Jesus. They, they live as though they were chosen and holy and dearly loved. They're living as though they have received a living hope from Christ, which they had. They, they, they're living like they've been born anew, right? They're, they're living with the joy and the peace and the trust and faith that come from being impacted by this good and amazing God. So they, and they're living like a, a, like living stones that are being built together to display the beauty and the glory and the, and the shocking grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in a world that is filled with antagonism toward them and fear. And they just live so differently. Like, let's, let's just say, uh, any one of you, let's just, let, let, let's put it this way, uh, uh, perhaps, um, that you, uh, you know, let's say in this room of, of however many people are here t- today, you are one of very few uh, who, who, are, um, who, who are committed to loving God and loving others, to honoring God, to, to doing the best you can to actually copy Jesus, to, to follow him and do what Jesus is doing, that you are, you are committed to forgiving and blessing and speaking well of others, right? And then, but, but most of the people here were uh, in the room were expressing their selfish desires, speaking hatred and gossip, ignoring the needs of the underprivileged, holding bitterness, and uh, trying to get everything that they believe is their right to have, and everybody kind of talking in sexual innuendos, and everybody playing each other against one another. If all that were happening, you were that follower of Christ, you, you would feel like a stranger, right? Now, that... That doesn't mean that you, would, that you would fortress yourselves against all the people. It just means you would be very aware that I, they're not living out the story I'm living, right? I'm living out a different sort of story. And the narrative I'm living in, in a, learning to be, in training to be a follower of Jesus is, is meant to be so attractive to them that some of them get won over to Christ. Amen? So, wow. So we're, we're called into this. We're, we're called also, in, to, we're exhorted to guard our souls in the, in the midst of all this. We're, we're, we're called to, like, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. I found that really interesting, uh, the sinful desires. Really, I mean, this, you could just lump it all in one thing. All the selfishness, all the selfishness that wages war against your soul, that you are like to... <laughs> Abstain from that. You're like to fight this good fight. It, it, you know, this wages war against you. It kind of tells you how intense this is. Now, the reason, one reason it feels so intense against us is because God is trying to do something completely different within our souls. So if you remember back to chapter 1, verses uh, 8 and 9, it says this, Though you have not seen Christ, you believe him. And even though you do not now see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy. And for you are receiving the end result of your faith, 
the salvation of your souls. So here's what God is doing. He's trying to work the saving of your soul, which means you're experiencing more deliverance and more healing and more freedom and more restoration, more reconciliation. You know, you're receiving a greater and deeper levels of forgiveness and cleansing within your own life. Your soul is being well, being made well. Your soul is being made whole. There's all this going on. But you are to like be on your guard and wage war against those things that wage war against your soul. So there's a lot of like the you know, the selfish desires keep wanting to come in. And it's a battle. And here, here's the deal. You and I need to really wage a good battle against the selfishness within our own hearts so that we don't get taken out of the game of being a display of the goodness of God in our world. Amen? Yeah. All right. And then the last thing he says is this piece. He says, so what we're to do, right? We've already given ourselves enough to the old life. That's gone, dead and buried in Jesus Christ. Now live that out, live it out. So you don't need to be trapped in greed and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to like, um, you know, try to try to outrun your emptiness, which our world does. I love that phrase. Uh, One writer put it uh, that we are so exhausted because we're trying to outrun our emptiness. We don't have to keep up with the Joneses, you know. We don't have to like... We, we, we're giving ourselves to com- something completely different. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Did you know that these early believers, they were in big trouble? But you know what the early believers were called? The early followers of Jesus were called atheists. Did you know that? They were called atheists. You know why we were called atheists in those days? Because we did not believe in the gods of the culture. We didn't believe that Caesar was Lord. We didn't believe that the emperor was a god. We didn't believe that he was Lord. We believed that Jesus is Lord. And as soon as they started saying, Jesus is Lord and the emperor is not, as soon as they started saying that, they, got brought, they were accused of doing wrong. They were accused of betraying the state, the Roman state. And when they were accused of betraying the Roman state, then they were also accused of many other things. And when anything went wrong, and in several uh, long periods of time in the Roman Empire, when anything went wrong, the Christians were being blamed for it because they were at heart enemies of the state. Because they did not believe that Caesar was Lord. They believed that Jesus was Lord. And so they were called atheists because they didn't believe in the gods of the Romans or of the Greeks. But they believed that Jesus was Lord. And so, that, so their, the lordship is, a question had been answered. Everything had shifted. Now their lives are no longer the old life, but the new life under the lordship of Christ, who was everything to them. Right? So in the middle of being persecuted, in the middle of being misunderstood, in the middle of being devalued and suspected, you know what they were to do? They were to live good lives. They were to do good. They were to absolutely do good. In fact, it, we, you know, when the pressure is on, we know what to do. Do good to everyone all the time. Are you hearing me? <laughs> do good to everyone all the time. Nine times in, the, in this little letter uh, written by Peter to these believers scattered in uh, the area, region of Turkey, Nine times in this little letter, it's, they are told to do good. To do good. Like, by, let, let, let your good lives make the difference. When you are persecuted, do good. When you're misunderstood, do good. You are to be ca- caught doing that which is good. Goodness is a function of mercy. 
It's a function of grace. It's a function of peace. It's the outplay of your relationship with a good God. See? So his goodness flows into you, through you, to others. And so do good. So Peter is not telling them, does not summon them to a verbal campaign of self-defense or writing tracts into which they defend their morality. Instead, he just says, hey, when, when you are persecuted, when you are misunderstood, when stuff is coming against you in the culture, when stuff is coming against you just because life is hard, you know what you are to do? You are to be radically good. You are to do good. You are to relieve burdens. You are to pray for the other. You are to bring, it means bringing fresh goodness and fresh love and fresh kindness and fresh wisdom into the community in which you live, into the family, into the people you meet on the street, into the people you work with. You are to bring that goodness. Good works of believers are to permeate every aspect of their lives. I love that. I just, so I just think about this young man like, what like he just said forget the cost of this i am going to represent jesus to this woman you know what i think is amazing it flowed out of him because his relationship with jesus is real you cannot fake that Amen? So, here's what we're called to. My friends. Better yet than the NIV says friends, the message, other versions say friends, but more deliberately, it is not just friends. Beloved, beloved, I exhort you as strangers and aliens here. To abstain from the selfishness that would war against your soul and live such exemplary lives of goodness before others around you to all people all the time. So that as God breaks through in day in the day of visitation, it's not just the final day, but God is constantly break due breaking through in days of visitation upon people around us, that they too will be won over to Jesus Christ and join you in being salt in the earth and light to the world. And guess what? God gets amazing praise out of all this. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus You are so worthy. Why would we give ourselves to another? Why would we not believe that you are worth our time? You are worth our loyalty. You are worth our lives. You are worth us inconveniencing ourselves. You are worth us laying ourselves down. You're worth it that we go counter-culturally. And live grace-filled, good lives, behaving kindly toward all others at all times. Jesus, we worship you. We invite you to align our hearts 
with the exhortations of these scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we're going we're gonna to sing, um, I think it's a great song with some amazing words. But as we do it, I want to invite you, right? Um, there's some cards up here, and you even have, I have decided cards in your, you know, in your um, program. Uh, but you could mark, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I just want to tell you, that is a huge commitment. To not be a sentimental believer, but an actual follower. Not to have Christian sentiments, but to have the heart of Jesus in your world. Amen. If there's something in this message from God's word that strikes you, that you just need prayer over, there'll be people up here to pray for you. And if, I just want to offer it again, I think this is extraordinarily important in these days, if you had need for healing within your physical body or your life in some way, there'll be people up here who will be willing to pray for healing for you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing. Feel free to come. And those who are going to be ministering with me, uh, prayer ministers and pastors, please feel free to come. And uh, thank you, Lord. Amen? What, What a good moment, right? To be able to just respond to this great and glorious God.